Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. So they feel like, hey, I might as well not be in this place, right? So as we went to 1 Corinthians 14 and 10, said there are, as it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. So when we go over these particular uh, definitions, significance is the quality of being important or the quality of having notable worth or influence. So the voice, the voice is where we find our influence, right? When we say different things in the places where God has given us or the places where we're supposed to be, this is how we begin to exert or begin to exercise our influence. The place, the place is the place where we occupy for an intended purpose, an assignment in which one regularly works for pay, or the action for which a person specially fitted or used or for use for which a thing exists, right? This is the definition of place. So really, in short, this is the place. Place is where purpose is realized. If we just want to cut that down, we want to cut out now all those words. Place is where purpose is realized. I go to a particular place for, to fulfill a particular purpose. I go to work to fulfill the purpose in which they have set for this job to actually fulfill in the earth, right? Right? I go home for what purpose? Most of the time to get rest or just to be home. Because I want to, my purpose of being home is so I can be covered. I have shelter. I have somewhere to eat. I have people that, you know, I'm either fellowshipping with or I'm around family. I'm home. You know, this is the place where I, you know, unwind. Amen? So, voice also means the sound that wit that you make with your mouth or the that sound that follows the tongue that carries across the air. Okay? The sound that carries across the air. This is how we exert our influence is with our voice. So this is what we've been talking about. And the different hoods that we begin to go over was falsehood. We were talking about coming out of falsehood. We don't want to find our place in falsehood. And let me ask you a real quick question. Have you begun to find your place? Does anyone actually feel more settled? Yes? Yes? I, w I would hope so. I would hope so. I would hope so. I hope you feel a little bit more settled and we're just not getting information. All right? It, 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 you know, it's always the, the mindset of the preacher, the teacher, for, for the message to really make a difference in your life. And if it's not making a difference, it's either we're not doing our job or application is not being done. Right? So you have to actually take it home to actually find your place. Now, some people, you may have not felt like you was out of place. You may have felt like you was fine. Everything was cool. Right? But have you found your place in you know, the will of God. Have you found your place in these different, particular different places, these different hoods that we've been talking about? The brotherhood. Do more brothers find their place in the brotherhood? I have, I have seen, the, you know, communication kind of go up, so appreciate that. Amen? Uh, the sisterhood. I hope, you know, after the trip and after y'all had a good time that, you know, y'all keep that momentum going, even for those that were not on the trip with you. 
Amen. That you would keep that momentum going and, and, and build in the sisterhood. Amen. And then we went over marriagehood, which is almost like familyhood, where we went, you know, the son, the daughter, all, every different part of the family unit, right? A couple of weeks ago, we went over servanthood, where you find, your, you, understanding that the heart desperately needs what to serve, because if we don't serve, then we're not able to really stay in a place of humility. We're not able to stay in a place of honor. Amen? And then last week, we went over livelihood, how we get paid, right? How you get the Skrilla, you get the money, you know what I'm saying? Get your dough, your dough, your do re me, how you get it? How you get it, what do you do with it, right? How important it is to us, because it is important to us, right? And now how not to get uh, tied up with mammon, <laughs> with that demon mammon, where we don't ever have enough. Nothing is never enough. There's not enough shopping, not enough spending, there's not enough cars, you got to get something new, you got to keep up with the Joneses and the Smiths and, you know, and every, every other last name, common last name is known to man, you know, and that's not what, that's not what livelihood is, amen, so if you find your place, and God wants us to find our place in livelihood, right, it's a place where we're able to, what, make a living or survive, there was only one family, one group of people who did not farm, meaning make a living in the Bible. When he really, you know, gave them the promised land, those were the Levites, and they lived off of the sacrifice. So they real still made a living off of the living of other people because they had to give their whole self to the service of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today we're going over selfhood selfhood. It would seem like we would be talking about being selfish. So, for those of you that think, you know, we're going that way, we're not. <laughs> not immediately. Amen? <laughs> so, the definition of selfhood, because the definition of selfhood is not about being selfish, not one, not in the definition that we're going to use today. It is the state of having distinct, supposed to be distinct, not distant, Distinct identity, or individuality, amen, of the fully developed self and achieved personality, and achieved personality. Now, how many of you feel achieved in your personality? Meaning, do you know who you are? When somebody asks you that, do you know who you are? How many of you find that to be a difficult question? It's like this, this, it's this mysterious question. Yeah, I know who I am because this is what my name is. I'm Ivan. No, that's not who I am. That's my name. That's who I am named. Right? It does have a, it does have a part to do with who I am, how my name defines me, how I am called, right? But it does not make up the totality of who I am. The state of having a distinct identity. Now, most of the time when we deal with this, and let's just go ahead and go. Hmm. Let's go to Genesis 1 and 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, and male and female created he them. 
Now, during the creation process, he gave them identity. All right? Not only did he give them identity, as our pastor have taught us this, he gave them function, meaning he gave them a role, and he gave them difference. Right? One was male, one was female. He gave them a function, the male had a function, the female had a function. Right? And they were totally different. I think every female and every male in here will agree that we are not the same. Right? And thank God for it. Thank God that we're not the same. Right? Same does not mean safety. A lot of times we like to try to get around the same people because we feel like same means safety. But same just means stagnant. Because if I'm around different people, then I'm challenged to be who I am, one thing, and I'm challenged to be able to have to accept people for who they are. So it challenges me to grow in my relationship with people. Amen. So every, every person has what? A distinct identity. If somebody was to ask you who you are, can you tell them? Or will you just tell them what you do? Or you, will you just tell them what you like? Because most of us, we say, hey, this is what I like. This is what I like to do. This is who, you know, that's who I am. But identity, really, it does, uh, you know, it, it, it really goes towards the things that I identify with. So what is the major thing you identify with? Is it just you? Or is it family, meaning I am my last name? That's who I am. We are the Dudleys. We are, you know, the Joneses. We are the Smiths. We are the Mormons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that can't make up identity. But how do we identify ourselves? If we identify ourselves, the biggest thing we identify ourselves with is what's going to shape who we are. So if I identify myself strongly with my job, then my job shapes who I am. If I identify myself strongly with what I can do or what I cannot do, then what I can do and what I can't do identifies who I am. It gives me identity. So anything that's unstable that gives me identity, if it, if it goes anywhere, if I lose it, if it falls apart, then I've lost who I am. So if I, if I identify myself with the amount of money I can make or the kind of job I have or the kind of people that I am around. So when people reject me, I lost my identity. If I can't be around them people no more. If I lose my job, then I've lost my identity. So it's very, it's very dangerous to put your identity in anything that can be taken away. That can be soon removed. That can be lost. Because then your distinction, you, you lose it. And when people begin to lose their identity, they lose a grip on reality. Because they have nowhere to put their footing as far as who they are. They lose purpose now. They don't have a place. They can't find a place in this particular hood of selfhood. 
This is where you see people, you've seen the movies where people, uh, you know, the girl in the movie, she'll begin to try to act like the, the person that want to be, that she want to, you know, she want the boyfriend, so she'll begin to just totally become who the, girl, who the present girlfriend is. Break in, steal her clothes, put on a lipstick, you know what I'm saying? Boil a rabbit, do you know, that fatal attraction type stuff. But you're looking at people when people don't have an identity, and this is where sometimes people can hang around you because they don't really know who they are. And because you're confident in who you are, they will begin to copy or we say sometimes glean, and there's a difference. Because if I glean from you, I'm not trying to be you. But there's some things that I may, you know, like about what you do that I might say, hey, that's good for me to implement in my life. But if I'm trying to be you, then I'm going to do everything that you do. These are people who get in relationships and say, oh, it's whatever you want to do. It's whatever you want. I, I, I have no identity outside of your, your acceptance. It's whatever you want to do. Right? Whatever's going to make you happy. Whatever's going to... That's no identity. I'm trying to gain my identity by how I identify myself with you. Right? So we find our place in this selfhood. We have to find the distinct identity, meaning there is a, 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 a not just the identity, but there's a role and a, and a function and a difference that all of us have. That that particular role and function and difference that we bring to the table make up our identity. So let me ask you this. Why do we downplay who we are? Meaning when somebody compliments you, why do you say, mm, nah, I, I, I don't really believe that about me. We, we call it trying to be humble. It's fake. Because if it's true humility, then I would take the truth. So this is why sometimes what we do is we, we, stop, we stop with the, you know, when people are trying to build us up and then we say, well, don't nobody like me. Or nobody don't believe in me. But if they have tried to build up certain identities or identify certain things about you that make you different, even though you might be doing some of the same thing that other people do, but you don't do it the way they do it. This is what makes us different. You don't think how they think. You don't live how they live. You don't talk how they, th- how they talk. We're all different. So we have to make sure that we do not downplay our difference. Because when we downplay our difference, we're really downplaying the thing that God has given us to be able to be who we are. Now, some difference is not from him. Because we all have different struggles, too, different sins that we're bent to. Different iniquities that we like or that we were born and shaped into. Right? 
So that, that, that's not identity. Sin is not identity. Right? But a lot of times what we say, well, well this is just how, this is how my attitude is. Is it? This is how I am. Is it? It may be, but it wasn't from God. So that can be changed. That part of the identity is not true, so it can be rejected without me losing my identity. I actually gain more identity. I actually gain more significance. I actually gain more influence. I actually gain more difference. I actually gain a greater power in my role when I reject the parts of my identity that's not like God. And that takes a, a constant thing because some things we were born with, meaning they were passed down. Or that you were brought up in it. Meaning you were shaped through the, the, the rearing and the raising. This was the atmosphere of the home. This was the atmosphere of the family. So now when we come to God and God said, no, I, that's not who you are. We get confused. But this is us finding our place, coming out of falsehood into selfhood <laughs> meaning I, I get, begin to get settled in that there's certain things about me that I suppose to reject and that other people suppose to reject too and if they reject it it doesn't mean they rejected me We say, well, you got to accept me for who I am. Yeah, we, love, the love of God is unconditional. Accepting us for who we are. Yes, I, we accept you for who you are, but we don't have to accept every behavior. We don't have to. Because you shouldn't accept every behavior from me. You shouldn't accept every behavior from every, anybody. When you're in a place where you're just doing that, then you know you have lost yourself. Because when you know who you are, mm, nah, there's a certain thing you're not going to do. Because I'm worth more than that. And not because I'm full of myself. Because Jesus paid for me. <laughs> so I'm worth more than that. You're not going to treat me like I'm cheap. Not going to treat me like a, a, a rug or nothing like that. You're not going to treat me like that. Not unless I know the Lord is trying to humble me. Then I'll shut my mouth. With some of us, we, you know, we have to discern the difference. <laughs> a lot, a lot, sometimes we say, well, everybody going to treat me a certain way. You know, and sometimes God is trying to, okay, there's some things you got to know how to be quiet. And, and, and let the flesh die. Deal with something you don't want to deal with. But you have to know when to say, when to speak up and say something. And say, uh-uh, okay, now that's enough. We're going to cut this off. Amen? Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. We're going to kind of go through these scriptures. We got some time, so we're going to be all right. going to be all right. Okay. 
Look at your neighbor and say, find yourself. Sometimes we got to find ourselves. We get lost. You forget who you are. You ever forgot who you were? Like, man, why am I even acting like this? Why am I thinking like this? What in the world? This is not normal. Not even for me. Right? Like, it, it, this is a gross, this is a gross, uh, uh, extreme, uh, even a struggle I deal with. This is not me. Right? So we, 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 we have to, what, find ourselves. And you don't find yourself until you find God. And you have to find God at different places in your walk. God is not at the same place. He does, he does not reveal himself the same way in different seasons of your walk. He doesn't do that. In different places, he'll begin to reveal more about himself so you can begin to see more about yourself. You ever been in that place where you look back and say, you know what? What I thought I never could have dealt with, I, I lived through. I lived through it. And I'm okay. And I'm okay. God kept me. I'm okay. Like, my mind is together. I didn't kill nobody. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's in the ground. I'm not having to run from the police. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just think, if you were to take away all, the, all this time where you done try to live safe and somebody would have did something that they did recently, some of us would have just snapped. And it might would have been over. But because of Jesus, I'm able to say, no, I can walk away from this situation. I know I don't have to, I don't have to come down to the level of getting violent. I don't have to. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to. I have a choice. But back in the day when you wasn't saved, you, I ain't got no choice. This is, <laughs> hey, where is the knife at? <laughs> where is the revenge at? I got you. Give me two months. You know what I'm saying? Where is the, where is the poison at? I got to fix your food. You know, there's some sinister people in the house. Sinister. When they get excited watching people get away with stuff on TV. Get excited like, ooh, I ain't never thought of that. Like, I'm going to say that just for, I might need to remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know you a little sinister when you get excited about watching other people do crime. You get excited about it. I'm raising my hand too. Hey, I ain't trying to kill a bunch of folk, but we can do some business to get some money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, no, it's just a different product, the same hustle. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> so yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to pull away from certain shows. That's, mm. When it start getting in my heart, I said, no, I'm watching too much of this. I pull away. Mm, I had to pull away with Queen of the South. Mm -mm. No. 
No, no, no. I don't need no drug drug dealing devil on me. <laughs> I don't. I'm for real. What if I get Tim to say, you know, just one time, man. Six figures. One week. If it's in my heart, I can't think that I'm just going to be like, oh, no, no, no. I might be like, could I? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Could I get away with this? So you got to know when it's in your heart because it's swirling around your mind a whole lot. Oh, it's in your heart. It's in your heart. When it starts to mess up, mess with your reality during your day, you, you got anticipation. No. Mm-mm. I need to anticipate the Lord, not a TV show. Amen. I know I, that might seem deep to y'all, but I'm being serious. I'm being serious. That's just some things I can't, mm-mm. You can't have my heart, God. You cannot have my heart. That, that right there cannot have my heart. I, he got to have it. Amen? Amen, amen. Come on, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 12. It said, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Let's jump to 14. For the body is not one member, but many. I'm going to stop right there. For the body is not one member, but many. So when I look in the mirror, come on. We're almost in. As the body of Christ, <laughs> as the body of Christ, when we, when we deal with one another, this is where we really find our identity. First in him and then here with each other. Because as we are one, when she looks at her, she should see herself. And when she looks at her, she should see herself. Meaning Renisha should see Pastor Kira, Pastor Kira should see Renisha. They should see themselves in each other. But what we really deal with a lot of times is when we see ourselves, that person in the mirror, we stay away from them. Why? Because if I have conflict within myself to run into me again, I'm going to have conflict with them. Is this true? Yes, it has been true. Yes. <laughs> It's a purposeful example. <laughs> they have grown. Amen. Lord have mercy. Keep on growing. <laughs> Amen. So you, you but when we when we begin to see ourselves and other people, many times we run away from them or we say, I just don't get with them. So for us to really find ourselves, I have to look at my brother and my sister. I can't just just look at God. I have to look at how do I relate to my brother and my sister. And John had a real, real good revelation of this. He said, you can't say you love God and don't love the one that you can see. So we see Paul saying the same thing. Look, we are all one. 
flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. We make up his body. So if I don't like a part of the body, I don't like myself. See, we don't, we don't think about this. This is real selfhood. Because real selfhood, I got to not only love me, but I got to love the me that's outside of me. And the me that's outside of me, I'm supposed to be so connected when we are the body of Christ that I look at you as me. This is why I say, well, love your neighbor as who? Yourself. Yourself. So he always wanted us to look at each other like we looking at ourselves. This is what they say. What the golden rule is to do what? Treat, do unto others as you want them to do what? Unto your. But what we do, we do like Mike, like Michael Jackson. When we see this mirror, I said, "Look, I need to ask her to change her way." <laughs> but see, this is a, this is a mirror where you can't throw off. Because we have, to, we have to do what the first verse says. What he say in the first thing. I'm starting with me. I'm really starting with me. I'm going to start with me. But we want to start with the other person. Because if the other person changes, then I'll be better. Then I can be who I want to be. I can be who I'm supposed to be. Because really, I'm not being who I'm supposed to be because they won't change. How is somebody else change or willingness to change or unwillingness to change stop you from being who you are? It doesn't stop us from being who you are because if I, if I really love me, then I'm going to be able to love me again no matter how me, this me is acting. If I really love, if she really love herself, she'll be able to love her no matter how this her is acting. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Come on, you can be seated. Because the body, what? It's not one member. It's not one member. Part of that definition was the individuality. The individuality. The individuality of who I am does not remove me from the body when it comes to Christ. So if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And this way, some of us, we go and find our identity by doing what? Detaching ourselves. From the body. I need to go find myself. I can't find me around these other people. They just want me to be like them. You already like us. We don't want you to be like us. You already like us. You're just in denial. We have difference. We're not the same. But we are, we are one. Whether you want to accept it or not. Whether you like it or not. We are one. So my, my identity, who I am, it, it, I see my difference when I'm up against my brother and my sister. Not in competition. Not trying to say, oh, I'm better than this other person. Not saying, well, because this person is the foot and I'm not the foot, I'm the hand. Meaning because my role is different does not make me more important than another person. 
And actually, the role does not define the identity. Meaning it brings no more extra uh, value on, on us than another person. It's just your role. So if you think that I'm more important because I have the mic, that ain't even God's mindset. If a person thinks that I'm more important because I'm a pastor, that ain't even God's mindset. He said, look, you all one. Your function in the body is this. But you're still just a part of the body. I can't, I can't even fulfill my role or my function outside of the body. If you look at every gift, every calling, every anointing, all of them, they're all functional through the body, for the body. So every gift that you have is for us, not for your identity. Meaning your gift don't even really identify. It does not give you definition of who you are. It's just your role. See, I know. What, why did Christ tell them when they came back, man, the devil is a subject to us, man? He said, rejoice not in that. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That your name is written in heaven. Meaning rejoice that you are his. Because that's just the function of being his. That's just the role of being his. But if, if, I, if I put too much honor on the function and the role, then that becomes my identity. This is why some of us in the body of Christ begin to make our identity be our gifting. So if I'm prophetic, then I'm a prophet. Right? And I'm not saying that's not good. That is good. You are a prophet. You're a prophet all the time, right? Just like I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor all the time. Whether I want to be or whether I don't want to be, I can't just lay down my robe. Because I don't know who I'm going to run into in part of the body of Christ. Because it ain't just a COP. I'm a pastor to anybody in the body of Christ. I mean, I'm a minister to anybody. I mean, you are a brother or sister to anybody in the body of Christ. Right? But the pastoral or the calling or the gifting or the teaching or whatever I have or whatever you have does not identify. It does not make me who I am. I am who I am and then I fulfill that. I am who I am, then I fulfill that, that particular role. I rejoice in being a son. Because guess what? This one thing ain't going to go away. When everything else passes, when there's no reason for a pastor or a prophet, I'm still going to be a son. The end result is me being a son. He died to get sons and daughters. That's what he died for. Right? So my identity is not what I do, not even in the body of Christ. 
But it does give me some individuality. It gives me some difference. So I begin to see my value of what I bring in difference from somebody else. So if you deny your difference, have you not denied your value? And this is why we may be looking at or struggling with a certain level of low self-esteem and not really knowing who we are because we have denied our difference. Or we have not celebrated each other's differences. We don't like the people different than us. We don't like that. Because if we are all the same, I don't have to do no work. If we all the same, I don't have to do no work because all I'm doing is really dealing with me. That's it. Like the exact me. Not the me that's unified to be one me. <laughs> you know, not the me that God has brought together. Not the me that, you know, that, that is my brother, my sister. Not that me. The, the me that is me. That, I just want to deal with me. Because I know I deal with me. At least I think I do. Most of the time. Right? But this is what we do. We compare. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand. I'm not of the body. Meaning God, God did not make me who I am. We, we, we look at the different graces or the different roles that people have. And we think that that is what defines God's value on a person. Oh, it's quiet. Am I making you think? Look at your neighbor and say, think on. Think on. Keep on thinking. Keep on thinking. Keep on thinking. Amen. 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 Come on, give me the next scripture. So if the foot shall say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? He's asking questions. He wants to know, okay, uh, it, if, if, if somebody has a different role, does that change their identity, their relation? If, 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 I have a, if, 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 if it's perceived that I have a better role or that someone else has a better role than somebody else or a more honorable role than someone else, does that make you the person that has perceived to be a lesser role? Does it make them any less of a person? It is a real feeling because we feel like if I get a particular role, this is not just in the body of Christ, but even in, 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 on the job, in society. If, if, if I get a particular role, if I'm looked at a certain type of way, if I have a certain type of notoriety, then I have become who I'm supposed to be. He said, because I'm not of the hand. I'm not the hand. I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Come on. <laughs> okay. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Now he's dealing with them because this is a real gifted, perverted church. We got some things in common with the Corinthians. Gifted and dealing with issues. Not knowing how to deal with boundaries. Right? Right? You ever been there? Crossing boundaries and stuff like that? 
Gifted, but gifted though. But gifted. Got a word from the third heaven. Gifted. And Paul was trying to say, look, that, that don't even, no. This is not what's important. This is not how you have some kind of caste or value system between each other. So if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? So he said, look, if we all were the same. If you all were the same. But don't you hate dealing with people who are different? Meaning they, 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 they think differently to me. And because they think differently to me that I don't agree with them, and because I don't agree with them, I can't really relate to them. But if I know who I am, I can still relate to you and not agree with you because that's just you. Long as we're not agree- disagreeing about anything, you know, crime-wise... Like, you know, you, it's okay for you to kill people. No, we can't agree on that. I'm not going to talk to you anymore because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be afraid for my life. In fact, if we fall out, you might just take me out. Because that's okay with you. So there's some things that we say, okay, now nah, we can't fellowship because of this. You know, <laughs> we can't be unified because of this. But most things that we don't like is just, it's a difference in viewing stuff. Interests, pet peeves, different things that we like, we don't like, and you like to do that, and, you, and you're trying to understand why they like that. That's, that's what they like. Enjoy them for who they are. Enjoy them. See, some, when we can enjoy difference in each other, we're celebrating God. We're celebrating what God has done. Because God has given them this, this particular difference. But this difference makes us feel like, see, and if we really get deep, sometimes we, we'll begin to think that, okay, this person thinks they're better than me. When really they're not thinking any of that. They're just being who they are. And because who they are makes us feel less than, or because we feel like, okay, what they're doing is better than us, then we feel like we are less than. They're just being who they are. They're not trying to be anything extra most of the time. Now, some people are. Some people are trying to be extra, and they're trying to be something different, and they're trying to be something so, so all the way out there. And this is where sometimes you do have to watch people who are trying to be different through rebellion. I, mean, I, I ain't going to conform to nothing, nobody. I ain't going to conform to God. I ain't going to conform to home. I'm not going to conform to rules. I'm not going to conform to anything. Because to conform means you want me to be like you. I ain't nothing like you. I ain't nothing like you. And since I ain't nothing like you, I'm not going to conform to what you're telling me to do. You sure ain't. But all that is is 
See, all that I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what that really is. It is the devil perverting your leadership and your creativity. That's all it is. You are supposed to lead people. You are supposed to trailblaze. You are supposed to do things that maybe other people are scared to do. But the way that he's trying to get you to do it now is, well, don't do nothing that nobody do. Do your own path. There ain't no new paths. There ain't no really new paths. It's just a different interpretation of the same path. There's no new paths. There's nothing new under the sun. You're not about to do anything new that has never been done. Not unless the Lord does it. This is why he's he the only one that says, behold, I do what? A new thing. Everything else has already been done. <laughs> we do this, though. And we try to make our difference through our rebellion. We try to make our difference through, you know, well, I ain't going to agree with nobody. I'm going to debate with everybody. You know what I'm saying? If I debate with everybody, I don't agree with nobody, then I stand alone. <laughs> but look at what he's saying. He said, no, we're not the same anyway. So what you're trying to prove is, is already done. What we're trying to do is already done. You're already different. But we have to not be ashamed of the difference that we have. And then begin to identify with the one thing that never changes, the one person. That never changes. Him, God. If I identify myself really with him, then that cannot be taken away. I can lose everything else. Right? So don't build your identity on stuff that can be taken away. Don't build your selfhood. Don't find yourself in this hood right here where you begin to feel important, like an important person on things that can be taken away. Because that's what happens when those important things that define you begin to get taken away. Sometimes people do it with a child. If I have a child, I'll be important. If I, if I, if I uh, you know... Save people are being important. You want to be everybody's hero. So you overextend and help folks that you don't need to help. Instead of just letting folks get the help that they need, sometimes just walking through what they need to walk through. And praying for them and saying, hey, it's going to be all right. We got you. You're going to come out on the other end. Amen? Oh, that, that, that's a personal lesson for me. I had to learn that some of that good heartedness was just really me wanting to be praised. Come on. Yeah. Wanting people's worship. Wanting people to be thankful. That I was the one. I want to be the hero. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm being honest. It's shameful. It sounds crazy, right? But I think a lot of men want to be heroes. We want to be heroes. We want to save the day. <laughs> you know? We want to conquer. 
Save the day. Get the praise. Be celebrated. Right? So that's why we'll go and do stuff that we know we don't have the strength to do. And don't ask for no help to do it. Because if I ask for help, somebody else, I'm going to have to share this glory with somebody. (laughs) I want all the glory for what I did. So therefore, I got to do it all myself. And that might be a little across the board right there, huh? Not understanding you're part of a body. I'm going to tell you, the Lord been dealing with me about us winning. He said, why you want single victory? I don't want single victory. I want holistic victory. Meaning we, we win. I mean, as we fight and go through, we, you fight, we fight. I fight, we fight. She fight, we fight. And when we win, when she win, we win. When I win, we win. We all supposed to win together. That's what bonds us together to be a better body, a stronger body. Amen? Come on, give me a scripture. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. So he's given the role. But he's like, look, that doesn't change your identity. He just said, hey, you can fulfill this role. But as we fulfill the role, are we in competition with ourselves? Meaning with our brother and our sister? Because we think the role is going to define something about us that's already been defined? It's going to validate something about us that's already been validated. The validation has already come when he shed his blood. See, sometimes we put more emphasis on callings than his death and resurrection. Without that, nothing else, nothing else really matters. And through that, we learn how to fulfill everything else. It is the pattern for everything. The giving up of the life to be able to enter into a new life. I'm not going to go into that. (laughs) So he, it, it pleased him. It pleased him to be able to sit a certain person in the body and say, hey, You fulfill this role. And he can change up the role however he want to change up the role. But as you change the role, your identity has not changed. You should be, we should be looking for selfhood before we begin to fulfill roles, if at all possible. Meaning we should begin to get settled in ourselves and who we are in God before we begin to fulfill the roles that God has given us. Now, some of us, you've been, through, you've been thrown into the role. And when I say role, I'm not just talking about let's take this just out of just church kingdomhood. But the role, it might be the role of a mother, role of a father, role of, you know what I'm saying, brother, sister. All these different hoods that we have talked about. Role of a husband, role of a wife. All these different things. You may not have been settled before you begin to f- try to fulfill that role in your identity. So failure in that area chips at 
attacks or breaks down who you think you are. This is why it's hard for us to deal with failure. Because failure means I'm less than. Lies. Failure just means you messed up. Failure just means, hey, I got to learn a little more. Failure does not define value or who I am. Failure may mean, hey, I was too prideful. Failure might have mean that I, I just did not understand. And I thought I did, and I didn't want to ask nobody. I wanted to figure it out on my own so I can praise myself in the mirror. Right? I did that by myself. I don't need no help. Right? We got a whole lot of them people up in here. I don't need no help. No help. No help. No help. Don't, don't help me. I got this. I got this. God trying to teach you delegation. He can't teach you delegation because you don't want to give it nothing to nobody. Give, it's called being a manager. Come on now. Teach somebody how to be what you already are. What you have to ask ourselves, are you secretly afraid of competition? That maybe they'll do it better than you? But why wouldn't you want to be a part of the process of somebody doing it better than you? Especially if you're struggling. Maybe, maybe you only can learn so much and what you got, you're supposed to give it to somebody else and they're supposed to take this thing to the next level and then you can begin to go to the next thing and you can take this somewhere else and begin to give that to somebody else and take it to the next level. That's the way this thing's supposed to work. We can't be a master of everything. It's impossible. This, if, if, if it was not impossible, he wouldn't have many members. If, you, if one person could be a master of everything so they can fulfill, fulfilled in themselves, so they can be important, so they can have their place, so they can know that, they, you know, that, that they're in selfhood, then nobody else would be needed. It'd be one member doing it all. So come, fellowship, find out who you are. Come, get, in, get into a conflict. Find out who you are. I know it sounds crazy. But some of us, we move, we, we run away from relationships because you don't want to get in an argument with nobody. You don't want to get in a disagreement with them because you're afraid of your anger. No, come, let us see the anger so we know how to deal with it. It ain't like we don't see ourselves. And maybe some of us can know that maybe we're not that delivered from the anger that we think we are. And maybe we both need to go to the altar. Get it right. Find God in the midst of it. Grow together and have a relationship. See, that's real kingdomhood. Why, why would Christ say in, in, in the Gospels, hey, if, if you have an alt, the great apostle was teaching 
If you have an alt, because I know you're going to have an alt. Because you're not me. And I'm struggling out here not to have an alt with the 12 I'm working with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And many times he said, if, how, may, how, how long shall I suffer you? He getting frustrated just a little bit. So don't be afraid to fall out. Fall out and fall back in. It's one of the stages of relationship. You don't know your relationship real until it hit conflict. Will it survive past the conflict? If it survives past the conflict, you got something real. That's what we, we, that's what we should do. We should come together and celebrate our differences. And when we can't celebrate them, then we deal with the process of us being upset with one another and trying to get it right. But what we do a lot of times, if we upset with that person, then that person don't know me. Yes, this is true. Stop saying, you know, they don't know you. Yep, no, they don't know you. That's why we fell out. Let's get to know each other. Right here in this place, so I can so I can know who I am. I need to know who I am. If if if, if I don't fall out with somebody, I'm not saying just look to fall out, okay? <laughs> Why am I hammering this home? A lot of times, this is what stops the relationship from growing. People wait years to get stuff right whole grudges and all this other stuff, and then we wasted so much time. Right? Instead of just saying, hey, let's work through this. Even if we got to bring somebody in, this is why he gave it three stages. If you can't work it out, bring witnesses. And if the witnesses can't work it out, bring it before the church. So I can, we can be accountable to each other. Why? He knew we would be hurting each other if I'm disconnected. If I can't relate to you, then I'm really, the more I hate you, the more I'm hating myself. That's why I said, lie not one to another because you are body, you are one, members one of another. So if I lie to you, I'm lying to me. You are my mirror. Amen? Look at them and say, hello, mirror. Said if they were all one member, where were the body? So if, if everybody was the eye, there would be nobody. We wouldn't even be mobile. If everybody was the foot, I mean, we might could hop, but we're gonna be real slow getting places. <laughs> Got no legs. You know, if everybody was the hand, I mean, it, you can't do but so much if everybody is the same. So we have to have different people to be able to do what? Do different things. Because different things you're going to enjoy. I remember having a uh, conversation with Pastor Terrence. And uh, he was like, uh, I know he, where he, at? he at? He back there with the baby. Um, but I was like, man, I really enjoy walking people through stuff. You know, 
you know, and kind of seeing them walk through and, and stuff like that, he was like, well, that's not really my thing. <laughs> not saying he won't, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to bash him. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he won't because I've seen he's walked me through some stuff. So I know he will. So out of obedience, he does it. But what I'm saying is his difference is this is not what I would prefer. For me, I find enjoyment in that. For him, it's just I obey God. <laughs> and, and things are like that, and that's fine, right? But if, if he's walking through something or, you know, if he's trying to walk somebody through something, he might say, hey, well, I really think you might need to go talk to so maybe I can get some more help with this because I know for me, may I might get a little wore out with this because this ain't my thing. Right? Well, his thing is planning and, and, and spreadsheets and all this stuff. That's not my thing. That bores me. Bores me. Like, I'd rather deal with people. You know, that's what moves me. You know? He likes to plan. I don't want to plan. We plan later. Plan one day. Let's plan one day. Let's do a plan one day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, one day. One day we're going to plan, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm planning a plan. We're going to get there one day. <laughs> but that's, that's somewhere where I have to obey God. I have to try to obey God in that area because that's not what I would prefer. It's my difference. It's his difference. So this is what I can bring to the body, but I might can't bring what he bring to the body in the same fervor, in the same understanding, and in the same consistency. Right? But does this take away from our identity? No. So today, lay down the secret competition. Meaning you're trying to see who can do what better or if they did something better than you or people like people are better than they like you and all this. Just lay all that down. Because none of that defines who you are. None of it. You just may be in a different season in your life. Don't nobody pose like you right now. You don't supposed to have a whole lot of friends. You can't handle it. Can't handle a whole, or they can't handle you. Maybe you just need, you're trying to learn you. You're trying to get to know who you are. You're trying to, you're trying to find God so you can find you. That's okay. Stay right there. <laughs> you got to know where you at. Stop trying to force a circle into a square. Saints, man, y'all are funny. <laughs> but now are they are they many members, but yet one body? So we all what make up the body, and everybody in here is a mirror, one to another. Where well, I've been broken, some of you've been broken in the same place. Or even if we ain't broken in the same place, we know what brokenness look like. We know what it feels like. Where I failed, you know what failure feels like too? So I can see myself. When I don't like God, I know what it looks like in you. 
That's why people ask you, are you okay? Are you good? Because I see, I see, I see myself when I'm drawn away from God. I see that in you. I know what it looks like. I find myself in you. So who is it that you're not comfortable around? Those people that you're not comfortable around, you have to ask God, God, do I supposed to be around them? Do I supposed to be around them? And if I supposed to be around them, what kind of relationship do we have in this season in the body? You see what I'm saying? Because it may be that I'm not comfortable around a person that I really need to be close to. And it may be I'm not comfortable around a person that I don't need to be close to right now. Amen? But you have to make, make it a part of God, a part of the process, not just where we don't get along. We, you know, we just don't get down like that. Or we don't talk. We don't talk. We don't do each other like that. Have we ever tried? You know? Have we ever tried to talk? Or are we just stopping at or we don't talk? So if we stop at that, I don't talk, maybe there's a part of you you're not talking to. There's a part of you that you're not dealing with. Right? You have to ask yourself, why am I running away from me? Because that's the real person we're scared of. I know we blame it on the devil a whole lot, but we're scared of the devil because the devil knows us. We try to blame it on him, I, I, I should say. We try to blame it on the devil because we know, okay, yeah, you've been studying me a few years. I know you know how to trip me up sometime. Right? But the person we really afraid to deal with is us. Because it takes longer to rebuke us. And you can't cast yourself out of yourself. Self don't go nowhere. They write me right there in the mirror in the morning. When you go to bed, when you mess stuff up, when stuff is not right, all this, it don't go nowhere. I'm still dealing with me. It's the one person I can't get away from. Me. But the more that I begin to come into the body in this covenant relationship, begins to reveal who I am. It's a covenant relationship with God and covenant relationship with my brothers and my sisters. I begin to see who I am and I can get more settled. I begin to see my value and I can, it can help me in my difference. Amen? Come on. So now I cannot say into the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So this is what we do. We say, hey, I don't really need them like that. I mean, I'm fine. 
I'm fine. Are you really fine with people that you really need? Because if we are a body, you can't, if I go take your arm off today, will you tell me you need your arm? Do you need your arm? Do you need your eyes? Do you need your big toes? It's hard to balance without them, right? (laughs) So if you say, I don't need a relationship with whoever, you just said you don't need to know you. You don't really need to know about myself. I don't really need to know more about who God is and the difference in who he is. Amen? So, we can't say I don't have no need of my brother and my sister. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I do need you. Come on, look at somebody and say, you know, I just found out today that I need you. I need you. I need you. Now, do you believe it? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> hey, that's the truth today. Don't let it stay the truth. You, you, you have to understand that you do need the relationship. We are beings that were created for relationship. Created for relationship. So that's why it hurts when you get rejected. Because rejection is like the very opposite of relationship, right? (laughs) And relationship is where we foster love and we foster acceptance. And these are all the things that we need to be settled. These are fundamental things that humans need. When you have no acceptance, no love... No definition for your life. This is when people start to contemplate, I don't need to be here. Why? Because it's essential for life. Come on, give me the next. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. All right, give me one more. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon we bestow more abundant honor. Our com- uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. What is he saying here? He's saying, look, we think that the less, less than, you know, and we say this in, 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 you know, church, I've heard this a lot of different times, but let's just, let's just put it like this. The person who has no role per se, no title. To God, he said, they have more honor. Meaning we supposed to what? Honor them more. See, it's a system that God has put together to say, okay, the ones that you feel like supposed to get more honor, yeah, it's not that they don't get no honor. All right? But they don't need as much honor as the one that is not in that place of looking the way they're supposed to look. Meaning the person really that is struggling the most supposed to get the most honor. 
Why? Because the honor helps to shape their identity. Because when I honor you for who you are, when you're not being who you are, I keep on bringing you back to who you're supposed to be. But what we do, we get upset when people not being who they are, and we get mad at them, and then we just start saying, you know, we, we don't honor them. We forget to honor. I'm not saying don't correct, but we forget to honor them. Correct them, yes, but honor them too as well. Amen? Honor means a value by which the price is fixed. Of honor, we, uh, which one has the reason of rank and state of office which he holds. So we have to make sure that we're honoring those people who seem to be less honorable. We want to go to the people who got stuff together, right? Because that helps us not to be challenged in who we are. Because if they got it together, I don't really have to get it together. I can hide up under their togetherness. Right? Because all I got to do is emulate them a little bit. Then I seem like I'm together too. But when I deal with the person who's not together, they're going to show me where I'm not together too. So we don't like dealing with the person who's not together because then we have to look at the fact that I'm not together in the area. Or I'm less, they may be way not together, but I'm really, I'm, you know, maybe I'm, I'm still unseen. I've been coming loose in this area, and I didn't even know until I ran into this person who's all the way loose in this area. So it helps me to stay who I am when I deal with the person who seems to be uncomely, meaning not beautiful. They don't look as good in the spirit. Their position don't look as good. (laughs) Right? People try to find identity by who they serve. Identity don't come by who you serve. We're supposed to serve each other the same. And really, well, I'm really supposed to serve those people who don't seem like they're supposed to be served. Right? <laughs> I'm not saying not to, serve, not to serve those that are in authority and all this. The Bible talks about all of that, right? But what he was dealing with here was... These people, they have favorites. They have favorites. And the favorites that they dealt with, they, they said, well, I'm not going to deal with these people because these are not my favorites. They're not the people I talk to. And the favorite people I talk to, that's who I'm going to talk to because I'm not going to be challenged by this other person who's not my favorite because really, they're not my favorite because they challenged me to be me unapologetically me. They don't let me make excuses. And we don't understand that's honor. It's honor when somebody said, no, 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 you better than that. It's honor when somebody says, no, stop that. You don't pose to do that. That's honor. They're actually honoring you. That's honor. 
It, it, would, it would not be honor if they say, yeah, go ahead. You ain't worth nothing no way. Go ahead and let them drag you. Go ahead. Yeah, I see that in that relationship, you're about to get beat, but it's okay. Go ahead. But honor would be like, hey, you might want to stop. Hey, think about this. Hey, it's not time for you yet. Hey, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, listen. But we don't look at correction or admonishment or encouragement as honor. But that's somebody honoring who we are, not just your role, but who you are to God. So we're supposed to bestow what? More abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Next scripture. For our comely parts have no need, but God have tempered the body together, meaning he has made the body come together in such a way and have given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. So the person that you feel like don't deserve the honor, you're not helping them shape their identity. If we was just to make this real, I don't really need honor. I know who I am, whether you honor me or not. In fact, a part of the role is to get used to not being honoring. You get used to it to a certain extent not being honored. I'm not saying that y'all don't honor me. Well, what I'm saying is a part of the call of a Christian is to get used to rejection. So whether you honor me or not, that, 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 I'm at a place that's not going to change whether I'm going to do something or not. But for somebody else, it may change their mind. So they need the honor. Oh, starting, is this switching your mind a little bit? Switching your mind a little bit? This is why you need to call certain people that you ain't called? Check on people you haven't checked on? Come on now, me too. Me too. All right, give me the next one. I got about just a few more and I'm going to be done. Amen. It said that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. I mean, I should not care more for one person than I care for another person. Because what am I saying? I'm divided. Not only am I bringing division, but I'm divided. I'm divided by how I see God sees them. And therefore, I'm divided how I see God sees me. So we look at God and say, well, God, I don't know if God really loved me or not. That's why we go back and forth. It's a double-mindedness. Some of it can be worked out by you just caring for everybody. Because if God loves everybody, then how he don't love you? If God care for everybody, how he don't care for you? <laughs> but if God only cared because you are the expression of God in the earth, if God only cared for certain people, then maybe he only going to care for you at certain times. Oh 
See, it's the mirror. It keeps on coming back to give us definition to who we are, how we treat one another. It gives us definition to who we are. I find myself and how I relate to you. I find where I'm at. So why do you, why do you care for some others than, you know, than you care for others? Why do you care more? Is it because of what they can give or your opportunists? Is it because of what brings them to your life? Or, or is it that some of us don't care for nobody like that? I don't really care like that. Because to care, I have to open up to get hurt, and I don't want to do that. So if I, if I care a little bit for everybody, or a little bit, or not that much, then I won't be hurt as much. So we take the same thing to God. And then we feel like God don't care about us. It's a reflection. It keeps on coming back. I'm finding myself in how I treat others. Because how I treat others is the truth of how I treat myself. It's the truth. It's the truth of how I really feel about myself. Just think about this. Paul had this all throughout his writings. Even with husband and wife. He said, what, love her as your own what? Flesh. There's a connection all the time, whether we like it or not, whether we want to look at it or not. There's a connection all the time of how I look at me. How I find identity is how I begin to relate to you. Come on, take me back. I want to deal with this schism just a little bit more. The division, the division hinders us from really growing individually and collectively. Because what did Christ say? Anything that's divided against itself, what cannot stand? So this is why sometimes we can't stand because we're divided. I only like half the saints or a third of the saints or one-eighth of the saints. Or sometimes one-tenth of the saints. You see what I'm saying? So we, we begin to work in division. Even through our actions. You only talk to certain people. It's quiet in him. Like, it's getting real cold in him. <laughs> getting real cold. It's getting cold in here. Yeah. You only like certain people. You only talk to certain people. Why? Why only talk to certain people? Ask yourself, why do why can't I talk to anybody? They are me. We are together in this. We have been brought together as a body. In this local body, we have been brought together. There's some strength that I can't get until I begin to open up and talk to certain people. Meaning, this is what God has been dealing with me about. 
So I have not lacked anything to give you. Sometimes you just don't know where to look. If I answer the prayer for you, it may be in a person. In a relationship. But because you won't foster or culture the relationship, because you feel like it's going to take something away from you, whether it be your time or whatever, it's going to take something away from you, then that, you, you, you can't get the answer to certain prayers or problems, dilemmas, confusions, frustrations. There's some wisdom that we have to get from other people. All of it's not going to come through your prayer life. Because if it does, we get prideful. (laughs) And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. And one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Come on, give me the next one. Then I'm going to let y'all go. So now we are the body of Christ. Now ye are the body of Christ. And members in particular. So if I suffer, we should all suffer. But see, you know, this was first century church. They were tight. Real tight. And church been commercialized to a certain extent to where we're not as tight like that. And I know, you know, I, I go to this because this is most of us draw the line. It's the money. We draw the line. The money and whether you can give out your house. Oh, yeah. We draw that line. And it didn't used to be that way. And there was a tide of fellowship. And we began to see who we were by the way that people honored us, even when we was in a bad place. Or what we would say a bad place. Ain't necessarily bad just to be in need. You just in need. It only feels bad because we prideful. You don't want to have to ask nobody for nothing, ever. Delusions. <laughs> Delusions. This is deception. This is not the way the world works. It's not. In no system. Nowhere. Nothing. Nowhere in the world this works. <laughs> you, nobody gets to a place where they have to ask nobody for nothing. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened yet. If Christ walked the earth and got some help, how is it we're supposed to get to a place without help? Think about that. This was God incarnate. The God-man said, hey, follow me. Help me do what I'm about to do. Let me train you so you can do what I need you to do. But you're going to help my cause. Why couldn't he as God just say, I got this. I don't need nobody. I'm God. But that's what we want. We want to get to a place where I got this. I don't need nobody. I'm me. That's not selfhood. Individuality. And your distinct identity is defined by how we relate to one another. 
So you begin to learn how you are, who you are, by how you relate to other people. Amen? Amen. Anybody learn anything? Hallelujah. 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 So come on, let's just, I'm going to pray real quick before we do offering. And if you need prayer, you know, the altar is open, but I'm going to pray real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this word, oh God. Help us, oh God, to break down the walls and to really passionately love one another in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, help us, God, Father God, even as we have gone through these different hoods, oh God, and God, Father God, we're finding our roles and our distinction, our purpose, oh God, and our identity. Lord, help us, oh God, to break down the walls, kick down the walls of sin, to kick down those places where we have walled ourselves in, oh God, and come into the fence, God, Father God, of the brotherhood, the sisterhood, oh God, to come into the place, oh God, of selfhood, oh God. And even in that place, as we uh, relate one to another, oh God, we want to be fearful to be loved on and to give love one to another. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, help us, oh God, Father God, to deal with the pains and the frustrations and the things in our life, uh, in our past, oh God, that has caused us to be at a place where we're not open. We're not just open to you. We're not open to other people. We're, all, we're very selective, oh God. God, Father God, help us God, not to flow in division in the name of Jesus, oh God. That we will be a body, one, built together, God, joined together, oh God. God, in love, oh God, Father God, even now in the name of Jesus, oh God. God, Father God, there'll be no schism, God, no division in the midst of us, oh God. God, Father God, even now, God, open up our hearts, God, teach us to honor one another, oh God. Teach us, oh God to love one another, oh God. Teach us, oh God. God, Father, God, even now got to have conflict, even with one another, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God, that even when things come up, God, that we will handle them, oh God. Father, God, according, God, to your word, oh God, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor, oh God. Cleanse our hearts and cleanse our minds, Father, from misconceptions, from the way that we may uh, a stereotype a person, their personality, uh, where we may feel like we don't mix with somebody who's different than us. Wash us from that. Deliver us from that. Give us, God, Father God, help us, God, to break past the barriers in the name of Jesus, whether it be misunderstanding or whatever it is, Lord, help us to break past the barriers that keep us, oh God, Father God, from really enjoying, God, one another in their difference, in their identity, in their role, in their function. We thank you for a culture of honor. We thank you, O oh God, Father God, even now in the name of Jesus, O oh God. Help us, God, Father God, even now got to honor one another, care one for another, and to love one another. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I said the altar is open if you want prayer. Amen. Um, if you want to lay out, get some prayer. Get before the Lord to deal with your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If not, we're going to get ready for the worship of our giving. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When somebody pop on your mind, just give them a call. <laughs> give them a call. I got to do better about that. I ain't that busy. 
I'll be busy, but I ain't that busy. I got to make some time. Amen. Hallelujah. We need that. We need that. Hallelujah. 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 We thank the Lord for helping us in our hearts and our minds to forgive. Let people go. not be afraid to relate to others to have relationships one with another amen